This is the Dafyomi Masechta Review, Masechta Babakama, tape number two. This, re this review is only meant for people who learn Dafyomi on a regular basis or those who have learned through the Masechta. It is the goal of this review to be as accurate as possible in summarizing the highlights and key klalim of the Masechta. However, it is possible that on occasion something will not be reflected correctly. For subscription information, call us toll-free at 1-888-DAFYOMI or write DAFYOMI Tapes, P.O. Box 831, Muncie, New York, 10952. This tape is dedicated in memory of Reb Nosson Mayer, Ben Schneer Zalman, Levin, Zechroni de Brocha. Amagitshir is Rabbi Yossi Heber. Amma, about two and a half blot into the second parak, parak Ketzad HaRegel, at the Mishnah and Dafyotes Amid Beis. Before we begin, let us just review some of the general rules and characteristics of the six primary damages that are discussed in this Masechta. Those six damages are Karen, Shane, Regel, Bor, Adam, and Esh. Karen is basically when one animal gores another animal, or gores a person. Shane, simply defined, is when an animal eats something. Regel, simply defined, is when an animal steps on something. Bor is the damages involving a pit. Adam is the damages involving a person who does damages. And Aish involves a fire. But there are some more specific descriptors or specific common characteristics or characteristics of each of these damages that helps to define them a little bit better and more broadly than simply it gores another animal. Karen, the specific common denominator of Karen, is any damage which an animal does where it is kavanasai lahazik, where the animal has a predetermined thinking and predetermined reason to do it, and it thinks through and then it goes and does it, that's called kavanasi lahazik, then it falls under the category of karen. Additionally, if an animal does something which is called mishuna, an act which is very different and not normal, something which an animal normally does not do, this is a tolda of karen, and therefore it also falls under the category of karen. Karen has a special payment schedule in that normally damages when something is damaged, the person or the owner of an animal which does damage, has to pay the full value of the item that was damaged. Karen is an exception. If an animal gores once or twice, then we determine that the animal really doesn't do this on a normal basis, but rather it's something which is done only once in a while, and it doesn't have a pattern of doing the damage. Therefore, the animal is called a tam, and the damage is only chatzinezek, half of the value of the damage. If, however, the animal gores or does damage, which, which is under the category of Kavanas Lahazik, and therefore determined as Karen, if it does it a third time, then obviously this is an animal which is in the habit of doing this type of damage, and it's called a muad, and therefore the damage for that would be Nezik Shalim. The owner would pay the full value of the damage. The second category is shame. Now, while shame generally is defined, and simply defined as the animal eats something, rather it's broader than that. If the animal does any damage where it is Yesh Hano Lehezeka, where the animal actually has benefit or benefits, derives benefit from or enjoys the damage that was done, this also falls in the category of shame. The special halachic ramification or the implication of shame is that shame is always pater birshus harabim. Although if the animal has hanola hazeka and it's something that's done at a rishus hayachid, the owner has to pay damages because of shame. But if this particular thing happens in rishus harabim, the owner is pater. For example, if food is sitting in Rishus Harabim and the animal sticks its head into the food and eats from it, the owner of the animal is putter. Why? Logically, you could say that if a person puts food and let it, lets it sit in Rishus Harabim and doesn't watch over it, then it's not the fault of the animal that eats it. The person should have been more careful leaving food in a Rishus Harabim. Therefore, if the animal does damage, its owner is putter.
regel, the characteristic, is hezeka motzoi. This is something which is found fairly common, meaning that regel sort of defines that, because if an animal is just walking, then that's something which the animal normally does all the time. So anything that falls under the category of hezeka motzoi, then that's called regel. And therefore the owner would be chayev nezek shalom. There are two special halachas within regel. One is the halacha of chatzi nezek tsreiros. The animal is walking in a rishus harabim, and rather than stepping on something directly, it steps on a stone, which then goes flying, and that stone then does damage to something else, then the owner is only chayev chatzi nezek. This is called the special halacha of halacha l'moleshim yisinai, which is chayev only chatzi nezek. Chatzi nezek tsreiros. In addition, the same way that shein is pater b'rishus harabim, so too regel is pater b'rishus harabim. Because again, if a person leaves something valuable on the ground, the person should say, you know, you don't leave something in rishus harabim on the ground, because animals are commonly walking there. It's, it's motzoy for an animal to be walking there. Therefore, you shouldn't put it there in the first place, and if an animal steps on it, the owner is putter, if it's Bershus Arabim. Next, we have boar. Boar is not only a pit, but it's anything which is made for the purpose of doing damage, because what else is a boar there for? A boar is there and actually causes damage. If a person steps in it, he gets hurt. Therefore, if a person digs a boar, digs a pit, and someone falls into it, or actually he puts anything in Bershus Arabim which could potentially do damage, he's chayev if a person gets hurt. The special halacha involving boar is that, generally speaking, a boar is putter if kalim fall into it. This is a machlekes, but many people hold that boar is putter be kalim. Next we have adam, a person. If a person does damages, then he's not only chayev for nezek, but he's chayev for a number of other things as well. Normally, if a cow does damage, he's only chayev for nezek. But if a man does damage, he's chayev not only for nezek, but he's also chayev for tsar, ripoi, sheves, and baishas as well. Tsar is for the pain caused. Ripoy is medical and doctor bills to heal whatever it is that the person who was damaged has to be healed for. Sheves is unemployment payments. And Baishas is for the embarrassment. And finally, we have Eish. If a fire does damage, the special halacha tied to Eish is Tamun. If something is hidden, then that's Pater if the fire consumes it. And now let us begin from the Mishnah on Dafyutes Amid Beis. And the nation asks, in what cases is Shane considered to be a muad where the owner of the cow must pay for the cow's damages when it eats or has hana from damages, i.e. yesh hana la'zeka? Mishnah answers, when a behema is mazik by eating food that is normal for it to eat. In a case like this, the owner is chayev nezek shalim. If the animal ate ksus aikelim, clothing or, or um, kelim, or vessels, then it pays only chatzin nezek, since it's not normal for an animal to eat these things. It's considered a tolda to karen. See, now it's not shain anymore, because even though it ate it, but since it's something which is not normal for an animal to do, it's something which is mishuna, now it falls under the category of karen, as we mentioned before. If something is mishuna, something ad, then it falls under karen. And since it's done for the first time, therefore, first time, it's considered a tam, and therefore the chayev is only chatzin nezek, but not nezek shalim. And these damages are only chayev if the damages took place birshus hanizek, in the rishus of the nizik. But if the, halo, if the animal ate paris of someone in a rishus harabim, the owner is putter. Since shein is putter, rishus harabim. Because the Pasuk says, ubier bistei acher. This nezik is only chayev if it grazes in someone else's field. Or in someone's field, for that matter. Bistei acher. But if it's rishus harabim, shein beregel are putter, rishus harabim. However, if the animal benefited from the eating, even rishus harabim, the owner must still pay for the hana he got out of it. For example, he now doesn't have to feed him supper. The animal goes and eats something. Now the owner, although the owner doesn't really have to pay damages, 
but the owner still has to pay for the value of the fact that he doesn't have to feed him supper, because now he's already eaten supper. Rishus Harabim is only if the animal ate from the middle of the street, but if the animal ate mitzide harachava, from the side of the street, the owner must pay nezik shalom, since that's considered like it's birshus hanizik, but not birshus harabim. And the Gemara says, if a cat ate dates, or a chamor ate fish, even though they don't normally eat them, but since they would eat them bishasat chak, if they damaged them via shein, the payment would be nezik shalim. Tafchaf. The Achreinim here learn that not only if an animal eats a food that's not normal for it to eat, the owner is only chay of nezik, but even if it eats a normal food, but the place it ate it was not normal, the chiv is also only chatzinezik. The Gemara says normally shein is potter b'rishusarabim. But if in rishusarabim animal A ate out of a basket tied to the neck of animal B, the owner of A is chayef, since the bag of another animal isn't called rishusarabim, but rather chatzar hanizik. However, the back of a behema is called rishusarabim. But if it's kaifetzas, it jumps to grab off a back of another animal, the owner is chayef, because this is considered bederech mishuna, not considered normal, and therefore he's chayef. Rav says, if a nizik leaves a ksus in rishusarabim, which is something which is a shinoi, unusual, and then a behema comes and is mishana via shinoi, this owner of this behema is completely potter, since we now have two shinoyim, and call him mishana uba acher vishina, potter. The Shita Mikubetzis explains this ptor. Since person number one is the gairim for the behema to do the hezek, so it's not really the behema's fault, since he was encouraged to do the hezek. Therefore, the balha behema is potter. But Shmuel says the Balha Bahema is only putter for Shein Bishusarabim if they Bahema ate food in Rishusarabim. But if it ate Ksus or Kalim, the Balha Bahema is Chayef. This is considered Karen, therefore he's Chayef. If a Bahema in Rishusarabim eats someone else's Paris, his owner is putter, but he still must pay for the Hana. How do we calculate this quote unquote Hana? Rabbi says we only value the Hana at the value of straw. Even if the animal ate barley, he pays only for straw, since that's what he normally, that's what the Bala Bahama would have normally fed him. Rava says, he must pay for the barley, but cheaper barley, which is two-thirds of the higher value. Since he could have gotten barley at such a cheap price, he would have given him barley. In other words, if there would have been a place he could have gotten it at a cheaper price, he wouldn't have paid him the higher value barley, but rather the cheaper barley. Therefore, that's what he pays the person for. I think Mara says an interesting question came up in the Beis HaMedrus, where Chizda learnt. This question was called a milia malyasa. If one lives in his friend's chotzer without his das, hador b'chotzer chaveray shalei does he have to pay him rent or not? If it's a non-income producing property, a property, and the guy that moved in did not need it since he already had a house, what's the shaila? This is considered a case of zeloi nehena, zeloi chotzer. So therefore, of course he would be putter from paying. However, let's say it is an income-producing property, and the guy that moved in does need an apartment. It's a gavra, the ovid lemegar, someone who needs an apartment. So, of course, he's chayev, because this is a case of zenehenna vizechaser. Zenehenna, because the person needs a place to live, and now he found a place to live. Vizechaser, because the person who owns the property would normally be able to get rent for it, and here he's not getting any rent. So, of course, he would be chayev. The shaila only is where it is a non-income-producing property, but the guy does need an apartment. The person who lives in it needs an apartment. So the person who owns it normally would not have any income coming into it. It's a income, it's a property delay Kaimala Agra. But the person who lives in it is a Gavr Diavid Lamegar. The person needs a property. Therefore, this person should really normally have paid for the apartment. So this is a case of Zenehenna Vizelechaser. 
So do we say that the tenant can say, and therefore, he should be putter from paying, because the guy could say, look, I know normally I would need an apartment. However, you're not generating, you wouldn't normally get any income anyway. So it's a case of Zenehana, he's getting Kana, Vizah, the person who owns it, like Chaser. Or can the owner say, you're still getting Hana? So even though normally I don't get any money for the apartment, but you're getting Hana, therefore you should be Chayef to pay. Rabbi Barchama said, he would tell Rabbi Chizda, the Psach, if Rabbi Chizda would do some service for him, if would give him some Shimush. The Magad Avram, in Simon Kuf Chafches, points out that even though Rabbi Chizda was a Kayan, and it's also to ask a Kayan to do Shemesh for you. But from here, we have a Raya that a Kayan can be Michael on his covet and can do Shemesh anyway. The Mishnah Melech in Hilchas Avodim says that you can always use a Kayan for Shemesh as long as he gets something in return for it. Rami Bachama says, from our Mishnah here, we have a Raya that Zenehena Vizelei Chaser is Chayef. Since even though the Baal HaBehema didn't have Hanah from his Behema eating barley, he still must pay. Gemara says, this is a weak Teretz since the owner of the barley loses, since now he has less barley. Therefore, it's not a case of Zanahana v'zeleichaser, but rather it's a case of Zanahana v'zechaser. Gemara says if Ruvain has three fields, which surround the field of Shimon, the Nikif, from three sides, and Ruvain put up a fence to protect his fields from the grazing animals of Shimon, Shimon is not mechuyev to pay for any of the fence construction, since he has no hana, i.e. the fourth side is open, so his field isn't even enclosed. Mashma, that if all four sides were enclosed, Ruvain would be Chayef to pay. So again, we have a Raya, Zanahena Vezelei Chaser, Chayef. Our answer is no. This is a case of Zanahena Vezelei Chaser, since the only reason Ruvain needed defense was because Shimon Field was in the middle. Therefore, it's a case of Chaser. We generally say that Zanahena Vezelei Chaser is Potter. According to the Pnei Yeshua, Me'ikir Hadin, he should be Chayef. But we say, Kaifen Isai Almida Sedaim. We force the owner not to act according to the Midas of Sedaim, in other words, not to be a Russia, and therefore the Nana doesn't pay. According to Rabbi Chaim Telzer, Zenehene Vezelei Chaser is Pater, Me'ikar Hadin, since you only have to pay if the Balabayas actually loses something, otherwise you're Pater. That's why we say Zenehene Vezelei Chaser is Pater. The Gemara says if there is a house with two floors, a Bayas, which is the bottom, and an Aliyah, which is at the top, and the whole house fell down, the top person wanted the bottom person to rebuild, so he could rebuild his top, his aliyah on top of it, but the lower person refused, so the person at the top rebuilt the bottom, and he lived in it. And if the guy at the bottom wants now to live in it, he must pay the top guy for having to rebuild it. But the top guy doesn't have to pay rental. We see a riot from here. Zanahana v'zalei chaser is putter. The more answers, this is different. Since without the bias, without the lower level, you can't build an aliyah. So since the Balabayas didn't rebuild his chelek, the Balhaaliyah is putter from paying rent. But it isn't because of Zanahana Vizelei Chaser. It's because otherwise, how would he have lived, built his top part? That would be impossible to build without the bottom part. Therefore, that's why he's putter. Tafchafalaf. Taisu says, even though we normally say Zanahana Vizelei Chaser is putter, but if there's even a drop of chaser, the nena is mechuyiv to pay. Because once there is some monetary loss, the klal of kaifen oisei almidus sedaim does not apply. From the Mishnah of the Gizbar, who lived below the Kaira of Evan of Hektish, he's Chayev, even if he did it, Shalemi Das Hektish. We have a Raya from here, Hador Bechatzachavera Shalemi Daitai Chayev. Rabbi Hanan asks, how can you bring a Raya from here? Mi'ila is Chayev once you have Hana, and here he had Hana Mehektish. Masha'enkein by Zenehana. This is Mominus. It's a difference between Hektish and Mominus. From here, he brings a Raya that Mi'ila is a din in Mominus, since Hektish Shalemi Das is like Hedyat Midas. 
Rashi holds that the Ptur of Hadar Potter is only if he lives there Shalemidaita. But if he lives in this particular apartment, Midaita, and the landlord kept quiet, then he would be Mukhuyev to pay. Taisu says this Ptur is by all cases, even Midaita, since once we say Zanahev Zalechasaras Potter, that applies to all cases. Rabhuna said in the name of Rav that Hadar Bechatzar Chavera Shalemidaita, Potter Mishar, is Potter from paying rental, i.e., Zanahev Zalechasar is Potter. Since the Pasig in Yeshaya, Chafdalad, says, Vishi'iya Yukas Shar. Even the gates become destroyed when the demon haunts uninhabited places. So by living there, this person actually gives Hana to the landlord, since he protects the property and he prevents the shade from living there. That's why he's putter from paying rent. Rabbi Yosef says, He's putter since Besa Mizva Yosef. A house that is inhabited will last much longer, since people who live there keep it in good condition and prevent it from coming dilapidated. Verses from the Mishnah, if a behema is in the middle of a street, and it turned its head towards the side of the street, machzekes, and ate from food in the front of a store, Rav says this is not considered shein b'shus harabim, but rather it's considered b'chatzar hanizik, and therefore the balha behema is chayev. Shmuel says the balha behema is potter, since the behema is in b'shus harabim. Nachman bar Yitzchak says, this case of the Mishnah isn't machazeres, but rather a karen zavis, where the eating was in a corner where two streets meet. The Mishnah. A dog or a goat who jumped from a roof and broke kalim, since it's hezeka motzoi, this is considered regel, and the owner is chayev nezek shalem. Of course, this is only if the kalim, which were broken, are in the rishus hanizik, because it was in rishus harabim, he would be putter, because shein and regel are putter rishus harabim. Of course, karen is chayev rishus harabim. If a dog took a cookie that was together with a coal, with a hot coal, he ate the cookie, but he dropped the coal on a field and set it on fire. On the harara, on the cookie, the owner pays nezek shalim. This is shame. But on the field, the owner pays chatzi nezek. And the Gemara says, From our Mishnah, we see that tchilasai bipshia, the seifei bi'aynis, the owner is putter. If the dog fell off the roof versus jumping off the roof, which is an aynis, he's putter. Since only jumping is chayef. It's tchilasai bipshia, since the dog shouldn't have been on the roof in the first place, but in the end it turned out to be an inus. If the wall was shaky, even if the animal fell and it was an inus, the owner is chayef, since this is sort of a pshia. Since the wall was unsturdy, he should have been more careful. Davchov base. If a dog jumps up versus jumping down and does damage, the owner is only chayef chatzinezek, since this is uncommon, and anything with a shinoi is considered a tolda de karen. If a tarnagol jumps either up or down, or vice versa, it goes up, down, or whatever, then it's considered regal. And then it would be chayev nezek shalem. Same thing with a person, who's always chayev nezek shalem, since there's no different if it was mishuna or not, if a person does damage. If a dog took a coal to someone else's field and dropped it, and lit the field on fire, on the field the owner pays chatzin nezek. Rabbi Yechanan says, if a person starts a fire in his rishus, and it spreads to a different rishus, he's chayev, since we say eshay mishum chitzav. Fire is like an arrow. When he shoots an arrow, even though he's here, and the damage happens over there because the arrow travels, he still is mechuyev, since this is considered kaychay. It's considered his own power. Reish Lakish argues and says we don't say eisho mishum chitzav, but rather he's chayev because we say eisho mishum mamayna. It's his fire, so he's chayev on damage. Just like if his axe does damage, if the axe gores, he's chayev. The same thing here. If his fire damages that he owns, he's chayev altz 
Rashi says the nafgamina in this machlekes would be if he started a fire and the fire did not belong to him. So according to Reish Lakish, he would be putter. Taisu says even if the fire does not belong to him, he's chayev anyway, because otherwise a person could start a fire, be mafkir the fire, and he'd be putter for damage. The pshat in Eshe Mishumamayne means it's as if it belongs to him. The Mar says if a camel is carrying flax in Rishus Harabim, and the end of the flax went into a store and caught fire with the candle in it, and it created a big fire, then the Balhagomel is chayev. If, however, the candle was outside of the store, then the Balhachanus is chayev for the damage. Rabbi Yehuda says if the candle was a Ner Hanukkah, then the Balhachanus is Pater since it's a mitzvah to put the Ner Hanukkah outside due to Persumenisa. If you hold Eisha Mishum Chitzav, the Mishnah makes sense. That, that's why if the flax enters the store, the Balhagomel is chayev, since his Kayach created the fire. But if you hold Eisha Mishum Amayne, this Eish belongs to the storekeeper. So why would the Balhagomel be chayev? Reish Lakish would answer that the flax was so big, it put the whole store on fire, so the Balhagomel is chayev. The Gemara says if someone sets a heap of grain on fire and a goat was tied next to it and then an Evid was chained next to the goat, so for the fire, the person is Chayav Misa for killing the Evid, but he's Potter for paying for the damages because of Kamle Bidirabamine. We'll already punish him for the, death, for the death of the Evid. He caused the death of an Evid, therefore he's Chayav Misa. So he can't be Chayav for Mamanis as well. This is good if you hold Eishem Chitzav. But if you hold Eishem Yishim then you should be Chayef for the Mamanis part also, since it's as, if, it's as if you killed the Evid, but your property destroyed the field, the Gedi and the Evid. So there shouldn't be a din of Kamle Bidarabamine, because it's really two different things that cause two different damages. The Gemara answers, Reish Lakish will say that the man actually put the fire on the Evid, so he killed him Mamish. Therefore we do say Kamle Bidarabamine. If someone sends a fire with a Cheresh Shaita the cotton, and the fire causes damage, the sender is potter midine odam, but is chayev midine shamayim. We bring a riot to the shita of Rabbi Yechanan that we hold Eishem Mishum Chitzav, since the Pasuk says, the Pasuk in Shmais, Perakov Beis, Ki Eish, the fire is Teitze Me'atzmai. It comes from the person himself. We know that the rule is, when there's a machlekes between Rabbi Yechanan and Rabbi Shlokish, we usually paskin like Rabbi Yechanan, except in a few places in Shas. And this would apply here as well. In the Machlekes of Eishem Yishem Chitzav, Eishem Yishem Amayne, where Rabbi Yechanan holds Eishem Yishem Chitzav, and Shlakish holds Eishem Yishem Amayne, we paskin like Rabbi Yechanan that we hold Eishai is Mishum Chitzav. Making a fire is similar to shooting an arrow, and damages caused by this fire are considered as caused directly by the person who lit the fire. Muka Yosef asks a very interesting and famous kasha. If this is true that we hold Eishem Yishem Chitzav, then how is a woman allowed to light candles before Shabbos? According to Rabbi Yechanan, since we hold Eishem Yishem Chitzav, it should be that the fire which continues to burn after the Shkia is the Kayach of the woman who lit them before Shabbos. So it's as if she's being Mechal Shabbos, because the fire is continuing into the Shabbos. It's from her Kayach, and therefore it's like she's being Mechal Shabbos, because now an hour into Shabbos, it's as if she's lighting the fire. The same way when a person shoots an arrow, and five minutes later it hits something, the person is Chayach for the damages. Then Mugiyasev answers that although the continuing fire is considered a continuing action of the one who started the fire, it's not considered as though he or she is constantly doing the new act of igniting the fire. Rather than Mugiyasev explains, Rebbechen views all the fire's potential damage as encompassed in the initial act of the ignition. As soon as the fire is lit, it's considered as though all the subsequent damage was already done. Then Mugiyasev illustrates this point by saying that if one lights a fire and dies before the damage was done, payment for the damages can be collected from the Yarsha. Although, as a rule, a person cannot incur liability once he's dead, 
In this case, his estate is held accountable since the deceased was liable as soon as he ignited the fire. Therefore, the same thing here with the woman who lights the candles before Shabbos. She lit the fire. That's it. Now the fire is already lit. So what happens for the next hour afterwards is already, it's, it's continuing to, to, to burn, but rather the, the Misa happened right before Shabbos. Therefore, she's not Mechal Shabbos. We could ask a very simple regarding this teretz of the Nebuchadnezzar Yosef. We know that we have a heter to use Shabbos clocks, meaning that if a person, for example, if Shabbos begins at 6 p.m., and a person has the lights off in his house, and he sets the Shabbos clocks to go on at 7 p.m. after Shabbos already began, so that the family could sit down when it's dark and eat the su'uda of Shabbos. So we know that this is mutter. But according to the Nebuchadnezzar Yosef, if the key to lighting the fire is when the ignition actually begins, i.e. when the woman lights the fire before Shabbos. And what happens after on doesn't matter because the fire was lit before Shabbos and the Misa happened before Shabbos. So that's okay when you're dealing with a fire because once it's lit before Shabbos, it's lit already. It doesn't matter that it continues to burn into Shabbos. But when we're dealing with a Shabbos clock, no real Misa happened before Shabbos. The Misa of the ignition of the lights in the house at 7 p.m. are happening an hour into Shabbos. Therefore, the ignition is happening on Shabbos. So how can it be mutter to set a clock before Shabbos so it should go on on Shabbos? Ramesha Feinstein, Zechert Tzadik Livracha, in Igrus Meisha, Arachayim, Chelek Dalad, Simen Samach, asks this question with regard to the question of Shabbos clocks. But Paskins, that given the fact that Kfar Noaguha Oilam Heter Bezeh, based on Gedoli Hara Bizmanenu, that Shabbos clocks are in fact mutter to use. But, but he seriously considers this question on the Nebuchadnezzar Yosef as a reason to potentially answer Shabbos clocks. In the end, he comes out that Shabbos clocks are mutter because Kfar Nago Ailam Heter Bazah, based on the Gedali Hara Bismanenu. Ayin Sham in Igros Meisha. Dabchav Kimmel. We know that Esh Potter Betaman, that if a fire is lit, normally all the damage that is incurred as a result of this fire, the person who lit the fire is Chayef. But if something is hidden, the person could potentially be Potter. But if you hold Esh Mishim Chitzav, why should you be Potter? Our answer is Rabbi Yechanan who holds Esh Mishim Chitzav means that he's, of course, Chayev because of Eishem Mishim That goes without question. But he's also Chayev Eishem Mishim Chitzav. So if, according to Rabbi Yechanan, he holds your Chayev because of both Eishem Mishim Chitzav and Mishim Eishem Mishim Amaynay, what's the Nafgamina between him and Reish Lakish? Our answer is the Nafgamina would be in the punishment of Tsar, Ripoy, Sheves, and Boishas. Only a man is Chayev in these things, not his property, which does damage. So if a man does damage, only according to Rabbi Yechanan, you'd be Chayev for these four, because he holds Eishem Mishim Chitzav. But according to Eishlakish, you'd be putter on these four things because Eishay Mishum Mamayne. When we say that if a dog drops a hot coal on a field and sets the field on fire, he's Chayev. Who is Chayev? The Balha Kelev or also the Balha Gechelas, the one who owns the coal? We know that according to Rabbi Yechanan, the Balha Kelev would only be Chayev to be half due to Chatzinezek Tsreiras. So let's be Machayev, the Balha Gechelas, the other half. Our answer is the Balha Kelev watched his coal carefully, so he's putter. The dog got to the coal by breaking the door down, which was in front of the kakelas. If a person incited a dog or a snake to bite, then he's putter. The inciter is putter, since it's considered a grama. But the bal hakelev may be chayev, since it was his dog that did the damage. If a man enters his friend's house without rishus, and he gets gored by an animal that's in the house, and he dies, the ox gets skila, since he killed, but the owner of the ox is potter from Kaifer, since this man had no rishus to be in his friend's property. The Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda asks, what is the case of Shor Tam, that the Chiyab is only Chatzin Nezek, and a Shor Muad, where the owner pays Nezek Shalim? 
Any answers? A muad is if witnesses testified that on three separate days this axe gored. And tam is for three days this axe didn't gore. Rameir says, muad is if it gored three times, even if on the same day. And a tam is if kids play with the cow and it doesn't gore. Rabbi Yehuda says, muad is only on three separate days, since the Pasuk in Shemais Chafalaf says, tamal shilshain, if it's done on separate days. Rameir disagrees and argues that goring three times in one day surely establishes the animal as a muad. He reasons that while it's true that the Pasuk only mentions the case of goring on three separate days, nevertheless, logic dictates that if goring at distant intervals, i.e. on separate days, is taken as an indication of its wild nature, then surely if it gores at close intervals, i.e. the same day, it should indicate that the animal has a wild nature and should be deemed a muad. 